Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. I am sitting across from my coworker, colleague, good friend, Brendan Ewing. It's weird not to call you Skip. It is weird because you call me that uh, most of the time. So it's yes. weird, weird to hear my name coming out of your mouth. But I like it. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm happy to be in here. Second time is on the podcast. Second, second we gotta time. Stop, we gotta start being here super late. But you live really far away, so I it's do hard live, for us. To I do live this. very far, and it's it's already 11:50. I'll get home around two o'clock. But you know what? I do it for the people. For the fans, and it's worth it with a buzzer beater like tonight. So Yeah, what a ridiculous game. No part of this game felt like the Nuggets should win. That's really how I felt from start to finish, is that they just weren't playing with any intensity, they weren't playing with any urgency, but yet somehow, some way, this Nuggets team yet again finds a way to pull through when it seems like there's no chance for them to pull through, and it was all because their MVP caliber player, First-time All-Star Nikola Jokic came through big at the very end. Actually, let's just go step-by-step at the end real quick, just to kind of paint a picture, because Gary Harris and Mason Plumlee screw up a switch with about six seconds left, let Luka Doncic fly into the paint um, down one, and he puts down a hammer dunk. Thunderous dunk. Dude, they, oh my goodness I didn't gracious. know he could dunk like that. Like, And this is this is not fair to say to him because he's had big-time dunks before overseas. But to get on top of two dudes oh my, you and could, You could tell he was authority. determined. He was determined. Yes. Once he was driving in, he knew what he wanted to do. Well, that dude never stopped smiling, and he had that look of just determination afterwards. But he missed the free throw for the and one, which left the door wide open for Denver. Five seconds left, down 99-98. to 98. Nikola Jokic gets the ball a a little bit too far up the court, Michael Malone said, but at the left elbow, and he just goes to work and gets a right-handed flight of scoop shot to drop, and the Nuggets win 199 at the buzzer. Oh, yeah. Just an absurd game. That was that was such a Jokic-esque buzzer beater too. Like no other shot would have been more perfect for him just to to throw it up, and it, it looks like a prayer to the the normal person's eye, but to us, we we know it's going in because that's a shot he takes all the time. So it was just a. Tremendous game. It's tough to imagine it ending better. But like you said, it's uh, it's unbelievable the Nuggets pulled that one out, especially for what happened the uh, the 47 minutes and 59 seconds before that one, that play. So it's pretty crazy. Just insane. And he didn't have eight, eight, not one single made field goal in the first three quarters. And he came in with about eight and a half minutes left to go in the fourth. And Nikola Jokic took that game over. He had all four, I think he had four makes in this game, right? Yeah, he went four of nine from the field. All four came in the fourth quarter. He had nine of his 11 points in that fourth quarter. And he he just decided to turn it on. And it's weird because guys can't do that. It's rare that you have players who can struggle for three and a half quarters and just flip the switch like that. And it wasn't that he was just missing his shots. He wasn't taking them. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and then you look at the stat line at the end of the game and he's he's two assists off a triple-double. Yeah. And it seems like he he was just... 
Playing. He sleepwalks his way to this absurd stat line. Exactly. It was unbelievable. Um, so we are going to do, uh, basically we're going to trade back and forth. We're going to give each of our three takeaways from this game. And I'll just give the floor to you real quick. What is your first takeaway from this game that you wanted to conversate about? Well, my first takeaway was actually something I was I was thinking about on my way driving up to the game was is Dallas comes into tonight's game they they fly <laughs> <love this> take. <laughs> they they fly in this morning so they they I think their plane left at like 7 this morning yeah, they, they landed at 10 a.m. this morning they land here at 10 a.m. in the morning so they they don't sleep here they sleep in their own beds last night they come here they have nothing to lose and they come out here and they play like it so for the people who don't know I I coach high school football and high school baseball and something that's crazy to me is we when I coach JV or varsity, if we ever go to a game and we're late, like we get there last minute, we almost always win because we have we don't have to think about it. We're not there for an hour. We don't have to get used to our surroundings because we just hop off the bus and we play. And that's kind of how Dallas played. They just played relentless. They played ruthless. And obviously they were led by Luka. But they, they were almost a pull-off victory over the Nuggets, and it just would have been their, their seventh loss at home all season, which would have been crazy to come against a Dallas team who's a who's not a playoff-caliber team, who's a team that's, you know, they're on the upswing, but but they're not quite there yet. They, all they do is ride Luka. So it was just a, it was a great effort by Dallas, but still, you know, the Nuggets playoff team this year, they still found a way to pull it out like they should. I love this take because, I mean, I played some sports too in high school. I wasn't like an athlete, but I played some sports too. And I get what you're saying where – we have nothing to lose. Who cares what happens exactly. in this game? Just go out there and play. And when you take off all of the pressure at that point, well, not that they had tons of pressure anyway, they're not going to make the playoffs, but to take away any little fragment of pressure that remains and just let them go play, that's when people usually play their loosest, which is when guys genu- or generally play their best. So I do like this take. I think it's an interesting one. And everybody did play pretty well tonight. I mean, Dallas ended up shooting only okay from the field, 42 and a half from the field, 32 and a half from three but that's mostly because Denver shut them down in the fourth quarter oh yeah and when you hold a team to 10 point to 10 points in the fourth quarter that's just dominant defense that's something that you don't get lucky and you have teams only only score 10 points in a quarter that was because Denver just locked up and that's the first thing I want to talk about is that yes Dallas was great for three and a half quarters but Denver refused to lose this game and in that fourth quarter they turned a corner. They just decided they were not going to lose anymore. And that's a killer instinct that we did not see from this Nuggets team last year, and it appears they have it this year. Oh, for sure. I, th- I think this Nuggets team, what separates them from the, the teams of the last few years that didn't make the playoffs was they know when to turn it up. Yeah. And sometimes they they do it a little later than people would have liked. But, but like tonight in the fourth quarter, I mean, they held them to only 10 points in the fourth quarter. They turned it up defensively in a something that was cool that Monte Morris said after the game is he said sometimes they, they're nonchalant defensively he feels like and then but they know when to turn it up they know when they have to get stops they know when it's winning time and that's something that's that's way different about this Nuggets team and that's 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 why they're gonna go to the playoffs for the first time in five years yeah they've been incredible in clutch situations this year they're one of the best teams in the fourth quarter this year and their defensive rating in the fourth quarter is like three points better than than second place Mm -hmm. like they have been far and away the best defensive team in the fourth quarter and it wasn't just defense it was also offense but the guy who carried the Nuggets for most of this game, and I actually just randomly included the fourth quarter one because I just realized neither of us picked uh-huh. that, so I wanted to talk about that. But Paul Millsap carried this Nuggets team. That's my first takeaway, is that for three and a half quarters, the Nuggets had nothing going except for Paul Millsap, who was dragging this arguably a lifeless corpse of a Nuggets team to be able to be within striking distance when, the when you know, real game time gets going in the fourth quarter. And without Paul Millsap, what did he finish with tonight? 33, 33 on 14 of 19 That shooting. is absurd numbers. I mean, Paul Millsap's highest scoring game this year was 27. He had 
30 in, I believe, with eight minutes left in the third quarter. Like, yeah, he, he just came in and handled business tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had 31 points through three quarters, which was huge because then the fourth quarter is when they turned it up. But the the great thing he did was he scored their first eight points of the game when they point. couldn't get a bucket. And then the crazy thing is in the third quarter, he scored seven of their first 12 points. So at the start of the first and the third quarter, the biggest parts of the game, when they needed a jump start, he was the one that gave it to them, which, which helped them in the fourth quarter get the win. 100% true. And defensively, I thought he was just a wizard tonight. Like, it didn't matter at what point in the game you talk about. Paul Millsap was everywhere. Oh, yeah. He refused, like, like you said, relentless, just completely aggressive. And without his defense, and Gary Harris, for that fact, which we probably won't talk too much about, but his defense tonight was a game-changer. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he was determined. And the, the play that sticks out to me was when he was he was backing down Dwight Powell for that layup late in the game, and he flopped, and it looked like it could have been a, a, a charge. But then he just put the layup in and just ran back to the other end of the court. He was just determined. And Business he, as usual for Paul Millsap. Oh, for sure. I see it. Just puts the bucket in and goes back and plays defense and does his job. And Monte Morris also said something interesting where he was talking to Paul Millsap during the All-Star break that they're going to need Paul Millsap to turn it up after the All-Star break. He, like Monte was kind of encouraging Paul to take a little bit more responsibility of this team on his shoulders. Not saying that Nikola couldn't handle it, but you need a guy who has been there and done that in these situations to be able to be at the forefront of your attack on both ends of the floor. And Paul Millsap has accepted that. He has become the playoff-activated mode kind of player for this Nuggets team that they need and I think that's the biggest takeaway for me when it comes to Paul is that this is winning time it's time to show up or get out and Paul Millsap is showing up in a big way for Denver and this is why he was brought here exactly I mean he's a winner like you said even though he he's never won NBA championship all the teams he's been on have been successful all those Atlanta Hawk teams he was on they were successful and he was a big reason because of it he's a winner he knows what it takes to get there and that's what he's given the Nuggets right now which is which is huge it's what they need yeah not just that he had eight rebounds seven of them defensively three assists a steal was all over the place and did not turn the ball over what is your next one sir my next one was how Monte closed the game. Yes, which, I have Monte on my list as well. So let's gush about Monte for a second. Um, what, what, what do you think was the most important part of Monte's game tonight? Honestly, just how he controlled the floor when he was in yeah. there. And then when he was with the bench unit, him and Mason Plumlee getting back in a swing. I know when uh, Isaiah Thomas had them, hasn't played the last two games now, so it's kind of allowed Monte to get back in his swing and his role that he had uh, before the All-Star break when Isaiah Thomas wasn't playing when he was still recovering. And that 1-2 game between him and Mason just worked so well. I mean, they had another one of those uh, phenomenal... And another one of those phenomenal alley-oop dunks tonight that was just uh, crazy. Like, you can't believe Mason Plumlee can get up that high and reach with the one-handed slam, but it's, uh, I don't know, just the way that he handles that second unit and the way that Malone and the, the Nuggets team trusts him late in the game, that, that just speaks a lot to, to him and to how much he's grown and how much he's helped this Nuggets team succeed. It is so impressive because Monte Morris, by all, by all intents and purposes, is a rookie, which has been hammered in the narratives all year, uh-huh. but... He is closing games with 16 games left in a playoff push for the second-seeded Nuggets. Yeah. Like That's a place that I don't think anybody anticipated him being in, let alone for him to be a plus 16 tonight, a game high plus 16 in just, what he played, 31 minutes. Only took seven shots, was only one of four from the three-point line, but four assists, two steals, and was just everywhere. He was great defensively, I thought, too. He's, I thought, he's efficient. Yeah, and not only efficient. 
he is underrated because of his size. Everyone looks at him, they're like, he's not going to defend, he's not going to fight back. But guys were trying to take him into the post and could not move. He's scrappy. Mar- yeah, he's scrappy. And Michael Malone does a great job of crediting Flint, Michigan, and his upbringing. He, like, that's a tough dude. People from Flint, like, that is as tough of guys as oh, you're ever sure. going to come across. And Monte plays like it, man. And he just looks comfortable. And you hit on this a little bit. Now that Isaiah Thomas is no longer in the rotation, Bonte Morris is going to be better. And that is not because Isaiah is bad. They just play so similarly. And when you take the ball out of Monte's hand and you put it in Isaiah's, you're killing what makes Monte great. And now that he's back in this role again, he immediately went straight back to flourishing like just like he was the entire season. And I think that that is notable because it means that this is something that is going to be here to stay. There's enough book out on him on how to defend Monte Morris now, and it hasn't mattered. Oh, and yeah. I think that's a really important part of this. Yeah, well, well, he flourishes with that bench unit exceptionally, like I said, with Mason Plumlee, and then he can he can find the open shooters where that's Malik spotting up, and he's he's just drawing off his open shots this year. And I think that uh, Malone was asked pregame if he if he thinks Malik Beasley could be a most improved player this year, and he said obviously yes. But then he wanted to make sure he talked about Monte Morris too, because he said since he's not considered a rookie this year, that he should definitely be in consideration for that award too. So I think the just the fact that the Nuggets have Monte Morris and Malik both on that bench unit, who are who could be two of the most improved players in the NBA, the whole NBA, and they're both on the same team and both on the same bench unit, that just talks about how much uh, how deep this Nuggets team is and how they're kind of implementing their playoff rotation right now, and it seems to be working pretty well. Before we finish up the rest of this podcast and get the last couple points out here, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to the Regulators Production Group who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. They're as great as they come. Awesome guys. They reached out to me to build those beats for me. So, again, go shout-out those guys. They're Regulators Regime on Instagram. And also, the presenting sponsor of this show is Terrapin Care Station, and they're doing some interesting deals right now. They're doing $69 ounces, $39 half ounces, only $5 for cone joints, and $20 Terrapins throughout um, St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, it, it's a green holiday. Go get your green. It's definitely a situation to jump in there. So thanks to Terrapin Care Station for being so great for the show. And it is time to get back into this because this game was too much fun not to. And you kind of finished talking about how Monte Morris and Mason Plumlee have a great two-man game. And you also said Malik Beasley is kind of thriving because of that as well. And I wanted to talk about Malik Beasley's consistency because a lot of people have talked about how much growth Malik has had in his jump shot. There's been a little bit of conversation about his growth as a playmaker. The game has slowed down for him. All of these kind of buzz words have been floating around, but that's not the biggest improvement in my mind that he has made. In my mind, the biggest improvement is the consistency. I mean, I cannot remember any big lulls that he's had. He has not been a streaky shooter this year. Every single time the Nuggets have needed him to step up, he has stepped up and he has been there. And in the year full of just obliteration by injury for this Nuggets team, they wouldn't be in this spot without the consistency of Malik Beasley as a shooter and the fact that he has consistently stayed slowed down and calm and collected and even keeled for the first time in his career. He deserves credit for the consistency part, not just the growth of his skill set. For sure. I mean, he deserves a ton of credit. And I think what what's great about that consistency is when he was having a filling in the starting lineup when Gary was out he did his role when he went back to the bench unit he did his role and it's a lot of guys in the NBA or basketball in general or really any sport if they they can go from starting to the bench unit and you know what they might they might change a little bit their game might change but for for Malik he stays the same he hits the open shot he plays hard on defense he rebounds he drives the basketball well and like you said the game is slowed down for him immensely this year. I mean, we, we saw him at Summer League, and even at Summer League, the, the game was still moving fast for him. 
The game yeah. is still you could you could tell that he was he was kind of pushing. He was pushing, but now it's just it comes natural to him. Yeah. And not only that, I think the big thing for me is that he didn't shoot well tonight. He was five of twelve from the field and two of seven from three and did not get to the free throw line. But despite that, he was a plus twelve. And I know he was with the bench unit that was playing well, but he was a reason for that. And the fact that he you have to defend him as a three-point threat, mm-hmm. that has opened up the floor immensely, like you said, for the Nuggets bench unit. Now they can get Mason Plumley lobs at the, at, uh, at the rim because you can't help off of Malik Beasley anymore. You have to stay with him in the corner or as he relocates to the wing. And if you don't, he is going to burn you. He has done so consistently this year. So... He has completely changed the way that I view this Nuggets team and this bench unit because to have that gunner, that that you know, that lethal sniper off of the bench that knows his role and plays just as hard as he possibly can, it's it's required for this Nuggets team to have that on their bench unit with the way that they are configured. And he can fit into any lineup as you see fit. He can play small forward. He can play shooting guard. He can be with the starters. He can blend the starters and the bench unit and be the first guy off the bench or however you need to utilize him. Him, he is able to do so, and that has given Michael Malone limitless opportunities to work with this rotation and experiment to find the right group of guys. Yeah, and like we were talking about Monte Morris too, Malik's not afraid of the big moment. Like yeah. he was, a, he was in the game late in the fourth quarter. He was the one that hit that big three pointer to make it a two point game through the midway point in the fourth. So I mean, he's not afraid of that big moment. And like you said, he had no okay case shooting night. He was five for twelve, but. He didn't care. He kept putting the shots up. He kept driving to the basket, still trying to help his team. They were they were in a bit of a rut offensively for those three and a half quarters when it was just Millsap, and he uh, he helped kind of work their way out of it. And he helped. Uh, he's just been a big part of the Nuggets' success this season. And like you said, he's be consistent. So for the rest of the season, going in the playoffs, I mean, you shouldn't expect anything less. He's been, he's a lot more consistently defensively. He's still light years away from where he could be defensively. But again, like you said, the effort is not the issue here. It's the execution. But he will fly around. He will do everything he could. And I thought it was notable that he had that layup where he he basically just cut straight down the center of the paint and got the ball from Millsap. And he could have tried to dunk it, but instead he made the calm, cool, collected decision just to lay it up. Like, those are the kind of just small decisions from Malik that have completely put him into a different realm of a player, in my opinion. And I thought that was a really big deal. Um, what's your last thing? Well, my last thing is, I mean, we've we've touched on Paul Millsap a little bit, but we haven't touched on those alley-oop dunks we saw tonight. He had turn, two. Turn back the clock a little bit. Holy cow. What was it? I think it was last month before the All-Star break. Paul Millsap said, I can still get up, guys. Like, cause after, it was kinda, after that thunderous uh, yes, putback dunk. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And he, he had to, like, remind us. He was kind of perturbed, I think, that yeah. he had assumed he didn't have It's like, I still got hops. Yeah, and he does, yeah. man. He put down two big ones tonight. And they weren't, like, keep your arms extended, jump off one foot and just hope like he got up there oh, and put exactly. some power behind it like the the first one i kid you not so i'm sitting in the press box and, and monte throws the the alley-oop from about the three-point line and i see the dunk go down and i'm just thinking in my head i think oh it's malik beasley mm-hmm. you know he's flying around making dunks and i look again i was like oh it's paul Millsap. Paul. <laughs> i was like malik beasley asked they look fantastic he was flying they keep saying Playoff P is Paul George. I don't care. I am reassigning that nickname to Playoff Paul. Like, Playoff P is here. He is oh, Playoff Activated. He has arrived. And he is ready to go. And, man, the Nuggets are a different beast when he's able to play like this. And for them to be this bad as they were in the first three quarters, they don't win this game. They probably would have been down by 20 
if not more, in that first half if it wasn't for, for playoff P. Paul Millsap's yeah, end of the day. Yeah, exactly. His intensity, like you said, not just offensively but defensively, it just it pushes the Nuggets over the top. And I'm sure in, in those timeouts, in those huddles, he's he's talking to the guys. He's telling them what we got to do to push through and get the win. And, and that's what they just keep doing. They just keep finding ways to win. And, and that's what's different about this Nuggets team than we've seen in the teams in the past. And I think it's just helping them so much. I know we said we'd each only do three. I know I've already added an extra one, but I'm adding an additional one because we just haven't talked enough about Nikola Jokic. And there's some questions I want to ask you. And I'm curious because everyone seems to feel a little bit differently, and it's hard to quantitate what the correct answer is. Was Nikola Jokic passing up shots, or was he just playing as Nikola Jokic always does in those first three quarters? Well, in, in my mind, he was playing as he usually does. I can only remember one that he passed up, and it was that, that floater where he, he tried to dish it off to Mason Plumlee, and it ended up being a turnover. That was the only one that I vividly remember that he could have put up. I think all the other times he was just playing Nikola Jokic basketball. And I, I know that some people get frustrated when he's not putting up the shots, but I mean, he hasn't put up many shots the last two weeks, and the yeah. Nuggets are still winning basketball games. So, I yeah. mean, it's just, I don't know. That's just how he plays. And, you know, we've, we've seen it his whole NBA career, and he can turn it up late. And Does he, he look fatigued to you? Does he look like it's because he's exhausted? Uh, to me, no, not really. I, I think that he's he looks fine to me. He doesn't look different at all, and I think people can say that just because he's not putting up the the big numbers he was before the All-Star break. I mean, he's still putting up fine numbers, but they're not ginormous. They're not eye-popping. They're not 25, 10, and 8 like he was doing there. No, for, for sure, but he, he's still getting all the double-doubles. He's still getting the rebound numbers. I mean, he put up 14 boards tonight. Yeah. He's still crashing the boards, and that's... And he had eight dimes tonight, too. And arguably, that's some of the most... The hardest thing to do is get the rebounds, is to bang it in with the big guys down low and, and get the boards. And he's still doing that. So I, th- I don't think he's fatigued at all. And I think that the Coach Malone is going to be smart with resting him and in games. And if you know they're playing a team that's not great and they're up by him a lot, he's going to rest in the fourth quarter because you know that's what playoff teams do. They're smart about when they rest their guys. I mean, that's why the Warriors give Clay Thompson a rest mm-hmm. game here. They give Kevin Durant a rest here and there because you know they've been there. They know what it takes to win. And I think the I think the Nuggets will start getting into that. And I think you could see. Jokic resting, but it's not something you need to worry about because it's just something he would do in-game where you're just like, oh, I'll give him an extra two minutes here because that's that's what adds up in the end. So do you think that Jokic does end up getting rested in the near future? Um, I, I don't think he's going to get like rested for a game that's like, what I'm like, like, like the Warriors do. He sits for an entire no, night. I don't think that he would like that. I don't yeah. think that Malone would like to do that because but I could see him just, like I said, he's going to take an extra minute off here in the second quarter. He's going to, they're going to, if they're up by 15 in the fourth, he might try to not put him back in and try to have Plumlee finish the game. Something like that, just so he can get that rested because he had to do all the All-Star weekend stuff. The Nuggets coaching staff had to do that too. I mean, I'm sure they're exhausted because that's the only time that NBA players really get to rest during the regular mm-hmm. season, especially if you make the playoffs. So so that's tough for him, but I, I don't. he's not going to rest any games. He's just going to be smart. Like, if they're down by 20, don't expect them to play the fourth quarter. If they're up by 15 and 20, don't expect them to play the fourth quarter, even if he's one rebound shy of a triple-double. Because yeah. it's just it's more important for him to be rested in the playoffs because that, that's where it matters most. And, you know, the Nuggets are – their magic number is three games now. So you, yep. you'd you hope that they'd be able to clinch a playoff berth, and you their magic number for home court is probably – I think it's like 12 – 12. Now? Oh, not for home court. That's for the second seed. I think it's like eight for home court. Yeah, for, for home court. So they, if they just secure one of those top four seeds, I mean, obviously they want to get a good matchup in the first round. But I think that have making sure you're rested and making sure those guys are ready to get in the playoffs is, is the most important thing, and I think that's something they could do. I'm going to channel my inner Matt Moore, by the way, at Hardwood Paroxysm, if you're somehow not following Matt Moore. But Jokic is a bird. 
Jokic does not come in with a game plan. He does not think about how to beat you. He just beats you instinctually. Basketball is just something that comes out of him. Like, this yeah. is not something that he premeditates through. So I, I, I do think that, that that is how Nikola Jokic approached this game. Just didn't feel like shooting in the first three quarters. And felt like he needed to in the fourth, and he did. And then another Matt Moore tweet that I thought was hysterical. This is a great way to explain it, too. Jokic through three quarters. Kid just thinks he can show up and get an A on the final. Professor dresses him down in office hours. He shrugs. Two points, minus 19. Jokic in the fourth. Passes class with just final. Nine points, plus seven, game winner. Waves to Professor on the way out. Like, that is oh, yeah. Nikola Jokic. That is exactly he, It's just effortless for him to do it, so why does he try sometimes? And it's not saying that he doesn't care. He loves this game. He is as passionate as he gets. But... There isn't an extreme, insane dr- drive in him like Jamal Murray had. That like deep, burning desire and that fire because few people have that. And Nikola doesn't need it. Yeah, That's not what he does. That's not who he is. So I do think that Nikola, while probably fatigued, while he probably will get some rest days in the, in the future after they clinch home court or whatever it is that may help him, I do think this was a scenario tonight where he just didn't think that he needed to shoot and didn't feel comfortable shooting and yeah. just decided not to shoot for a while. Oh, exactly. And like you said, he's just a he's just a different breed, a, a player, a superstar. I mean, watch the video after he hits the uh, oh, you're okay. Watch the video once he hits it. Watch the video once he hits his buzzer breeder. I mean, he just stands there, acts cool, natural. Everyone comes and rushes him and he's just like, "Yeah, just another shot." Hit another I'm, shot. I'm glad we got the W. That's all that matters. He's unlike anybody else on this earth. Thank you so much everybody for listening. Thank you for sticking around. There'll be a new Nuggets Daily podcast coming out on Saturday. It is already Friday. I had to figure out what day it right. was there for Saturday. a second. Coming so, hours on away. Saturday after the Nuggets play the Pacers in Denver, that'll be a very fun game. Thank you, Brandon Ewing. Go ahead and plug yourself, plug whatever articles you may have, your Twitter page. Do you Think. For sure. Um, just follow me at B underscore Skip17. You'll get a, a ton of Nuggets content. Hopefully some uh, some funny laughter stuff here and there. I post a <laughs> lot. I try to post a lot of funny memes that are somewhat funny to me. I don't know if other people enjoy them. And then uh, I also write about the Rockies. I write about the NFL draft. So it, if you go there and it's not just Nuggets, don't be confused because I write about other stuff as well. So, <laughs> so if you like Nuggets, baseball, football, I'm your guy, and I uh, appreciate you guys following me, following TJ, following Mile High Sports, listening to the podcast. You guys are awesome. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets is how it ends. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.